Chicago, you're in New Jersey. Super Bill Bradley's in Texas. We had trouble getting him hooked up. Uh, we're going to do the best we can uh, as long as everybody can hear me here in Chicago. Yes, we do hear you, Bill. And uh, yeah, we're going to have to postpone our visit with Bill Bradley, but we do have a recorded chat with Leslie Goodell that we want to get to. And uh, we'll talk a little bit about the Eagles opening camp today, a little bit about the Flyers and the many deals they made, and, of course, some Phillies talk with Leslie and with you and me. Yeah, absolutely. So we're going to make it work. Uh, we're going to reschedule Super Bill for next week, I believe, right? We'll have him right yes. back on and uh, just an Internet connection. We've been working on it, and uh, <clears throat> I'll certainly be in a little better position than here in the, the lobby of the National Sports Memorabilia Collection uh, Collectors convention here in chicago although you're sort of working are you also spending money did you buy a few collectibles for yourself not, not yet i just got here uh today so um just been getting set up for um the show opened at four o'clock four to eight central time today but yet i will tell you this uh you know you wonder what's been going on during the pandemic and everything uh they sold eighty thousand, eighty thousand advanced tickets to enter this show this weekend. Uh, the last time, it, two years ago, it was here, it was 30,000 uh, for the whole weekend. That included walk-ups and everything. 80,000 advanced admission tickets to this thing. Wow. So uh, times are good, I think, for the collectibles industry. I, I think it is. And uh, a load of uh, Hall of Famers will be here signing autographs, all sports uh, represented. Uh, so it should be a lot of fun for that as well. But uh, People are here, and I can tell you the way the first few hours rolled out, uh, people are spending money. Hey, Bill, I don't know if you heard, but the Eagles opened training camp today. Yeah, they did. And uh, <laughs> interestingly, uh, we're going to see how that all goes. I guess they got uh, Landon Dickerson on in the fold. So all the rookies are in. Everybody's in. Uh, get ready to go. And it's going to be real exciting to see what happens with Nick Seriani, Jalen Hurts, and company. Yeah, Nick and Howie Roseman met the media today, some actual live human media right there in the same room with them, so that was kind of neat. And uh, Nick still is not committing to Jalen Hurts as the opening day quarterback. He says they'll make that announcement sometime right before the Atlanta game in early September. So still nothing official as far as that. And the other big news, of course, Zach Ertz in camp, and he's got new hair. I saw a picture of that Zach Ertz there. What in the world, man? I don't, I don't know about all that, but uh, hey, the Jalen Hurts thing I think is interesting because there's no reason not to commit to him unless that Deshaun Watson thing is still alive somewhere in the background. Uh, you know, it, it would really make everybody look bad if you commit to Hurts and then turn around and trade him or bring somebody in to replace him. Yeah, well, maybe that's why they're not committing to Hurts. I mean, they did draft him in the second round, but they're still not saying, yeah, he's our guy. He's our guy. So, yeah, they're holding off on that. And, of course, they wouldn't talk about Deshaun Watson, Watson by name or any other quarterback who's the property of another team. You just can't do that, and that's understandable. But, uh, you know, I'll tell you what, the more I'm seeing of Nick Sirianni, the more I like him. Yeah, he's a little bit goofy with the, the excitement level, but, hey, maybe it's going to work. I don't know. As long as he knows what he's doing as far as coaching, you know, that's fine. Yeah, well, you know, you, you certainly want a guy to have energy. You don't want to have a, a guy in there that, uh, 
you know, kind of has a rumdum kind of uh, approach to him. So uh, I, I like the energy. I think it's good. It's just you still got to be able to put the X's and O's together. And, uh, you know, if the guys, it's all about getting guys to play for you. He's got players. If they'll play for him and he can put them, like Andy used to say, put them in position to do the right things, it's all good. <laughs> Yeah, that's what you got to do. Get them in the right position. And I can't wait to see this core of wide receivers. Of course, Devontae Smith, of course. But uh, I want to see if Jalen Rager has made progress. I want to see what Travis Fulgham has to offer with a full season. You know, he was one of the best in the league last year for four or five games, then disappeared when Alshon Jeffrey came back. So maybe this this receiver crew will actually be a strength. Who knows? Yeah, well, I mean, I think it all goes back. I always go back to the same thing. It goes back to the offensive line. Can they stay healthy? They're getting a little bit older. They've been banged up since the Super Bowl year, uh, and, the, and the Eagles have paid the price. Uh, Carson Wentz paid the price. Jalen Hurst paid the price. Uh, you know, and, and that makes receivers be a little more average when they don't have time to run the routes and you can't stretch the field because you don't have time. They need that offensive line healthy and stay healthy throughout the season. That will be the key, because if they're healthy, they are going to be one of the best. But, I mean, let's face facts. They have not stayed healthy, the offensive line, since 2016. Even in the Super Bowl year, they had guys, including Jason Peters, missing a lot of time with injury. He didn't get to play in the Super Bowl game. So uh, keeping an O-line healthy is, is crucial. And you're going to have a few injuries here and there, but you know you can't have what you had the last couple of years. Right, right. And, and you know, and then the other thing is the defense. I think the, for us right now with new coordinator, uh, it, it's all a mystery. No one knows what they're going to come out and do. Uh, do they have the players to do it? They're trying to strengthen that defensive backfield. That's good. Uh, all indications, I think, at this point, at least on paper, is that Howie Roseman and company have had a pretty good um, offseason. But now we got to get on the field. We got to put pads on. We got to run routes, play defense, and uh, so we we got to see how that goes. But offensive line and defense got to have them. Yeah. Hey, no Phillies game tonight. A COVID situation with the Nats again. So uh, did not get to see that Zach Wheeler Patrick Corbin pitching matchup tonight. And I don't know what it's going to mean for tomorrow. They have an afternoon game that had been scheduled. So uh, maybe that's a yet-to-be-determined situation. You know, I, I understand they're going to play a doubleheader tomorrow, uh, is what I saw. But uh, I, I find it well, – do you know any more about it, what happened? Because I find it hard to believe that you're canceling today's game to play two tomorrow. I mean, you know, what, I don't get the whole COVID thing unless uh, – I don't get it anyway. Yeah, and, uh, well, I mean, they pulled uh, the shortstop last night from the Nets, and I guess that's – he was like the, the focal point, ground zero for this latest COVID outbreak, and there's going to be a lot of testing going on, I guess, tomorrow morning, first thing. I felt bad for people who may were maybe were driving somewhere from far away at 4 o'clock this afternoon or whenever it was the game got canceled. So it was kind of a last-minute thing, and I felt bad for anybody who was on their way from far away. Yeah, and, and I guess, again, I don't know how this works, but it seems like, um, you know, if you're not okay today, but you're okay tomorrow, is it just is this just all precautionary and it's just another round of testing to be sure everybody's good? I don't know anymore. I have no idea anymore, but yeah. it's just crazy. And, and, and I, I tell you, because I traveled today from Orlando to, to O'Hare in Chicago, Chet, I, yeah. I get in the airport. You know, and you have to wear a mask. And I wear one of those gator mask things, you know, um, over your face. 
And so I come in the airport, I go through security, I go sit at the gate, wait on the gate, do all that. Um, I go on the plane and they say, do you have another mask? Oh, no. No, I just have this mask. Well, here, let us give you one. And they have the drawer full of paper masks. Right. So I have put on the paper masks and take off the gator mask. Okay, no, no problem. Um, I get here to Chicago. I get off the plane. No one in the airport has on a mask. And no one at this convention has on a mask at all. It, it's just, it's all, it's all just crazy. It is, but uh, we should be used to it by now after the last 17 months, you know? <laughs> I think so. Well, hey, uh, Chad, is, are we ready to talk to Leslie? Because I'll tell you what, Leslie Goodell is probably the busiest woman, I think, uh, that you and I might know, or most people know. She has irons in every fire. Let's, let's, uh, let's talk to her if she's available. I'll tell you what we're going to do, Bill. Let's let's do the Allstate ad. So let's talk a little insurance, and then we'll hear from our pal Willie, and then go right into the interview with Leslie. How about that? Uh, okay, that sounds good, because I know, Chet, it's so hot in the summer. Besides being in your pool on the raft, your couches get more mileage than your car. So I know that's a fact. <laughs> it's time for you to start saving with Allstate's pay-as-you-go auto insurance. Now you're getting it, Bill. Yeah, all states pay-as-you-go auto insurance puts you in control. You only pay for the miles that you drive with the same full coverage that a traditional policy offers. Pay-per-mile insurance gives customers greater control of their insurance costs. See how much you can save with pay-per-mile car insurance by calling your local agent. And you know by now that in this area, that would be Dave Lavoy, he is in Westchester, Pennsylvania. Give Dave a call at Allstate, 610-430-0700. Once again, 610-430-0700. And if you do that, you can start to save more because you'll be driving less. So talk to Dave. He'll help you out. Hey, everybody. It's Willie Nile here, and you're listening to Chet and Bill on Silly Press Box Radio. You lucky people. Hey, Chad, I'll tell you what, I'm really excited about our second guest tonight, Leslie Goodell. She might be the busiest person, got more irons in the fire than just about anybody I know. Uh, I'm really excited to see what she's got going on. I know she's got all kinds of new stuff happening. Yeah, let's bring her on. Here we go. All right. Hey, Leslie. Welcome, Leslie. Hey guys. Leslie, we haven't talked to you in a couple of years. It's been way too long, and we're going to try to cram as much as we can in our time this evening. We'll talk about the Phillies in just a bit, as well as a great event that you have coming up at the end of August, the One-Armed Golf Challenge to Disarm AVM. That's going to be great. But first, we want to talk about something that's been in the news the last several weeks uh, a great deal, the whole college sports name image likeness mess. What is your connection with that, and what the heck's going on? Well, so I've made my way back into sports because I can't stay away. And uh, I'm working with someone named Pat Waters, who's very well-respected sports marketing and memorabilia person here in the area. He's had his two uh, small businesses for years, and he asked me if I wanted to start a sports agency. So we're currently doing the raise for that. And we're putting them all under one holding company, and we're working on the NIL stuff under the marketing part. So I've gotten involved in working with a couple of athletes at this point. Yes, name, image, likeness. It's going to take a while, I think, for people to get familiar with that. But it, it really is the wild, wild west right now because there are only a few states that have actually passed legislation. So the NCAA has not 
come up with any of their own legislation. Uh, there's nothing at the federal level. There are bills that have been introduced. And these states that have already passed legislation, they all vary in what their requirements are. So for instance, the state of Georgia, in that state, 75% of the money anybody makes there needs to go to the university and to the state. Whereas, you know, someplace like Florida, I mean, you can't tell me that Nick Saban, that Alabama, that Florida, that these other schools aren't salivating at the idea of getting a guy that Georgia really had their eyes on and now has to compete because of the money that the kid can make in college in another state. So that's the first big issue is what happens at each state level. So we need some federal um, guidelines, but in the meantime, the NCAA to keep everything even for everybody said, you know what? The universities get to call the shots and everybody can go make money and they're not going to be penalized. So as of July 1st, all of these kids started salivating about the idea of making money. But the problem is that only a number of them are marketable. And so there are companies out there like Influencer and Open Doors that these universities are paying to have them in there and their apps and they're working through the compliance piece and they're helping try to match companies with these kids. But you know, from a social media standpoint. So the more followers you have, the more opportunity you might get. But some of the deals that I have seen on the table are just absolutely abusive to these kids, asking for hundreds of posts. I mean, these kids, I don't know if you know much about teenagers and, you know, Instagram, but, you know, you only post your story and you, you maybe post once a week. So like, it's really going to dilute their brand if they even have one. They're talking about what they're going to do to make money and not what they're going to do to play their sport. I talked to a coach at a very large university who said, I, I just want to go up and be like, can we talk about beating Hawaii, not about what you're going to do to make your next dollar? One kid took a 19-minute video into the clubhouse, I mean, in the locker room and in the weight room and a day in the life of a football player. Well, that's like private area, right? But he's trying to make money off it. So the couple kids we're working with, we're trying to help them build brands. So we want them to think of this as a long-term project where you build a foundation, you would create a website for you. We think about your strengths. Is it public speaking? Is it going out and doing signings? What, you know, what do you want to do? And once we figure that out, you just talk about your sport and go play your sport. If anybody asks anything of you, you just say, could you please talk to my marketing agents? They're handling that while I focus on my sport. Well, one, one of the things that I found in reading up on a bunch of these articles is, as you say, it is the wild, wild west, is nowhere in these articles is the word student used. You know, it's like yeah. that that's an afterthought. Going to school is an afterthought here. This is about making money for these teenagers, essentially. And, and I guess the... The first article I read, the first millionaire, if you will, was the girl gymnast from LSU who had a million TikTok followers or whatever, and uh, she cashed in. Good for her, I guess. You know, and then Alabama comes back, and they now have a million-dollar quarterback. Ohio State says, oh, so do we. hasn't played a, a down yet, by the way. Right, right. And Ohio State, Brian Day comes on and says, hey, Nick Saban's not out to me. You could do that at Ohio State, too. I mean, it is the wild, wild west. So we're working with a quarterback at a large university and we have his website all set up. It hasn't been unveiled yet, but we, I mean, he's in no rush getting the corporation set up, doing all of the things that need to be done the right way. And he was also a little bit embarrassed because he's young and we're like, you don't need to do the talking. We'll do the talking for you. So not all of them want to be out front like that. They want to take their time, work their way through it, and realize that in order to, particularly for the football players playing the NFL, they need to perform on the field first. Female 
college athletes are 10 times more marketable than male college athletes right now. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you see, if you go and say, oh, well, we got this gymnast made $400,000 and someone's like, that sounds a little bit funky. Like, then you go, oh, Simone Biles. Oh, oh, okay. That makes sense. So every individual, it's what's their market, what's their marketability? What's the upside for them in the long run? And, and what can you really do for them? Because I mean, there's some people we, we, we in our, with our approach, won't be able to do anything for, you know, because they just aren't going to be marketable that way. Going to be very interesting to uh, see how all this plays out. But, hey, we want to switch gears and talk about the Phillies for at least a little bit. Yeah. They're not a great team, certainly. They've been hanging right around 500 all season long. Is that who they are? You know, I think so. I actually have a bit of a flashback to Larry Boa's teams the other day. Remember, like, he they, they, they looked really good. They looked really good. They looked really good. <laughs> it was like, yeah. we're not getting to really good. Like, what is going on? <laughs> um, so I feel like, you know, it's going to be real. I really love the Craig Kimbrell idea. If he if he ended up here, I, he's, he's having quite a year. You know, his two previous years, obviously nothing to look at. Of course, COVID years, you can't really you know, look at. But, I mean, consistently over his 12 years in the majors, he's been really impressive between Boston and Atlanta. Um, if it's not Craig Kimbrell, somebody who can close. I mean, Hector Neris is not a closer. Hector Neris has never been a closer. Uh, you know, I know that they're throwing other guys in there. They need help. And it, you just, you can't walk away from the television and, and assume that their lead is going to hold and you wake up in the morning and see this, you know, the, that they, that they held it together. So, you know, it's not a team for me. And, and this probably I'll admit has something to do with the fact that I'm not around them. Isn't as lovable as the la the other group. I mean, we grew, you know, we grew with that 2018, right? These guys came up through the, through the system and we watched them and watched them grew and grow and waited for them to make their major league debut. And, there's just, it's really hard. And I think COVID did a disservice to all of us, including them, where we, you know, there's just real no personal, like we really don't know much about any of them. And it's hard to wrap our arms around this team. That's how, that's how I feel about it as a, as a fan now more than a reporter. Yeah, and, and it seems like the minor leagues have, are, they're pretty much wiped out. I mean, there's not a whole lot of trade bait down there to, to get somebody good. So if you're going to get a Kimbrel, what are you going to give up? I mean, you, you're going to have to dig into your everyday players probably right. in order to get a guy like him. Well, and you're looking at guys like Mickey Moniak, who, you know, a number one pick, and Mickey's the guy you call up when someone's injured or you need to put somebody on the bench, and that's not how it was supposed to be when he was drafted first overall. So right. some of those choices that were made in the last few years were, I like Alec Bohm. I think Alec Bohm's got tremendous upside. I think he's going to be fine. I love watching Gene Segura. I think Aaron Nola, when healthy, is one of the most mentally strong players that I've ever been around. And I remember his first game as a Philly. Like, he just he, – he can lock in. And so his is a question of health. Zach Wheeler's been a pleasure to watch. Um, but, you know, Vince Velasquez is Vince Velasquez. And um, he has moments of – of really of a you know doing really really well but it's just not i don't know something there's something missing and not, are not enough missing? moments <laughs> not enough moments and the really good ones tend to be followed by not so good ones all right 
Well, Leslie, we could talk lots more about the Phils, but I want to give you plenty of time to talk about the big event coming up at the end of August. And, you know, the first time we had you on was back in 2015, and that was uh, just about one year after your daughter Kendall had suffered a stroke from arteriovenous malformation in her brain, an AVM. Well, that was Kendall was... Thank you. I've been practicing that. <laughs> Kendall is 17 now, and she's doing pretty well. Is that right? She is doing well. Her AVM is 95% gone. So we see light at the end of the tunnel for the first time. I mean, literally, that's the first time I've allowed myself to think, wow, she, she, she's actually going to be rid of this thing. Like, that's going to happen. And I, I don't think I'd ever allowed myself to think that. Um, she's dealing with some grief of the loss of her hand now, like, you know, the delayed, like, you know, you got to brush it off, brush it off, brush it off. And then all of a sudden it's like, okay, this is with me for a long time. So she had a viral moment, as you know, last year with her one-arm golf swing. So we decided this year to have a one-arm challenge and it's nine holes. Uh, the president of the One-Arm Golfers Association said to me, that's cruel. I can't believe you're making people golf nine holes with one arm. It's a scramble, of course, but it should be pretty funny uh and entertaining and then we're having a party afterwards and so we're selling tickets separately to that tim williams band's playing and joe conklin's gonna do a set and john boric's our um john boric is our mc glenn mcnow's gonna help me kick things off at the beginning of the day so we we hope to have a celeb on each hole uh it should just be a really really fun day and nothing to take too seriously just something to come out and have a good time all in the name of uh name of charity that's awesome. You're you're not letting our pal Kevin Riley play in that, are you? Kevin Riley's he, playing. In fact, John Runyon said, I, <laughs> I saw Runyon at Barcan's tournament, and I said, um, will you come play? He said, only if I get to play with Kevin Riley. I said, that's cheating. <laughs> you're not allowed to play with Kevin. So Kevin Riley is playing, though. Oh, awesome. that's awesome. So hey, when is it and where is it? and What's the details? It's August 30th at White Marsh Valley Country Club. And, and we're registration will open at 1230. We're going to tee off at two. And then the party starts at five. And you can buy tickets at kendallscrusade.org. We have a few sponsorship opportunities left. Uh, if you want to be the title sponsor, you can play with Kendall and have uh, three foursomes as part of that sponsorship. So we've got foursomes for sale. We have um, some sponsorships and we have party tickets. So there's lots of options for people. Awesome. So kendallscrusade.org. Yeah, that's going to be great. And I know your daughter has been able to play softball over the years and, you know, golf, certainly yeah. one arm at the very least. And, you know, she may also, if I'm not mistaken, have a future as being a model. Look at these pictures. Um, uh, she looks like she's enjoying posing. You know what? It was actually made, it just put such a big smile on my face, guys, to see her hamming it up for the camera. That's for a USGA. They asked her, it's, I think it's called In My Words, the fall edition of the USGA Digital Magazine. And it's a full page thing where she, they did a whole photo shoot with her and she just shined. And it was, it was just really cool to see her sort of embrace the fact that she was going to be on display as a as a person who doesn't have a hand and has turned a disability into an ability. And, you know, I look forward to that growing for her. To, hey, to be clear, her hand is there. She just has no feeling. She yes, can't use correct. it, right? She is. Um, so she actually didn't lose the use of the hand in her stroke. She lost, um, she lost the use of her hand and has a drop left foot from hmm. the radiation to eliminate the AVM. So she had Got radiation it. in 2015 
And as the doctor explains, the radiation goes out like a pebble on a pond, but her AVM is shaped like a hot dog. So we knew healthy mm. brain tissue was going to get hit. And it was a risk we took, but she was a ticking time bomb otherwise. So we really didn't have a choice. All right. So, hey, we can't leave out Chase. Now you have a son that's a ball player, very too. Very kind of you, Bill. Everybody does. And yeah. And <laughs> for the best reasons. But Chase is like, hello. I, I'm a member of the family here, too. Yeah, he's a ball player, player, right? He's doing doing pretty well. Plays baseball, plays some, uh, he's been golfing quite a bit. He's caddying now, you know, taking that very seriously, mostly because you make a lot of money in a short period of time. That's his goal, to work <laughs> as little as possible for the most amount of money. Nothing wrong with that, is there? <laughs> no, we call that smart. Correct. That's right. And hey, you were scouting colleges. Now that's for uh, Kendall. She's going to be a senior this year. Yes, I can't believe it. And yeah, she really likes the South. A lot of kids from this area seem to be going South. But we've looked at a few schools down there. She wants to be an entertainment reporter. I'm not quite sure where she got that bug from. But <laughs> she, uh, I'm like, just set your sights on entertainment and then like go from there. So Nashville's calling her name a little bit, and we'll see. Well, speaking of entertainment, one of my favorite pictures that you ever posted of her was this one oh with gosh, Charlie Manuel. <laughs> I love that. I love that picture. I mean, Charlie and her... He just has, I mean, he is so kind and <laughs> and he just really took to her and she loves Charlie. I mean, he's just such a good man. All right. One more time about the uh, event and then we'll let you go. All right. Kendallscrusade.org. Uh, it's a nine hole scramble. The Kendall's Crusade one arm golf challenge at the uh, White Marsh Valley Country Club in Lafayette Hill. And that's on August 30th in the afternoon. Sounds good. And uh, if you don't mind, Leslie, we'll we'll plug this thing each week on our show, too, and just keep running. No, I'm lying, Bill. I don't think you should do that. <laughs> Any way we can help, certainly let us know. I appreciate it. Thanks, guys. All right. Thank Thanks, you. Leslie. Right. Have a good night. And, yeah, there you have it, Leslie Goodell talking to us. So we actually did pre-record that just a couple of days ago. Hello, Bill. How how great was Leslie? She was just a joy to talk to again. Oh, absolutely. She's got so much going on. She's so much positive. Uh, and and she and her and Kendall have made such a positive out of that situation that uh, you know good things are going to happen. You just good things happen to good people, and that something good's going to happen there. Yeah, Kendall went viral several months ago with the one arm swing and uh, getting advice from Nick Faldo who, uh, you know, helped out. Yeah. Phil Mickelson chimed in also, so that was pretty cool. And yeah. kudos to you for mentioning Chase. I feel sorry for Chase, who doesn't get quite the attention that the ladies in the family get. <laughs> well, <laughs> you know, uh, I, from what I understand, Chase is a good one. So uh, I'm sure he's hanging in there well. Absolutely. So uh, best of luck, and we will promo that again. It's August 30th at White Marsh Country Club. So uh, good luck to Leslie and Kendall and the gang. Absolutely. Absolutely. Hey, Chet, let's give a shout out over to all the shows at the Edge of Philly Sports Network, which you and I are part of with Philly Press Box Radio. This episode being streamed live across Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and now on Twitch. You can catch all the action on www.eopsports.com. Help us out by hitting those subscribe, follow, and like buttons, and as always, share with your family and friends. Great shows with the affiliates include Broad Street Bully Podcast. They'll be going back live here very shortly. Lax Philly, Kevin and Gary and the team covering lacrosse from Philly and beyond. They're going to be going live here shortly as well. Edge of Philly Sports is live. Fred, Joey, Big Al, they cover four for four every Wednesday night, 930 Eastern time uh, on Wednesdays. 
and Birds IQ, Kyle and Eric Quinn, they're getting rolling again. Uh, their show is live on Monday nights. Now that football started, they'll be up and running again. And, of course, the Patterson, Fanatic, Patterson Avenue Fanatics every Saturday morning at 9 a.m. Wake up with TK, Marks, James, Dave, Paul, Damon. They got it all going on, talking all things Philly sports. So you can also find all the shows on uh, all the podcast locations, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, etc. So check them all out. And uh, don't forget to sign up for the newsletter. It comes out every Friday at you know, around 10 a.m. You know, Bill, the guy who was supposed to pitch for the Nationals tonight, Patrick Corbin, remember back in 2019, he was like one of the prize free agents, signed yep. a six-year six deal, $140 million. Okay, so in 2019, he was pretty good, 14-7, and 3.25 ERA. Last year, in the COVID-shortened season, he was 2-7 and seven with a 4.66 ERA. This year, Corbin is 6-9 and nine with a 5.71 ERA. So he's 22 and 23 with an ERA of about four and a quarter since joining the Nets. Is that worth $22 million a year? Well, you know what? If you look in that same time period and look what's happened to them offensively, they're not near the team they were back when Bryce Harper was with that team and a bunch of others. Uh, they're just not near as good as they used to be. Max Scherzer is still good. Looks like Scherzer's on is going to go somewhere. Uh, from what I read today, he's he's going to go out west to one of those teams, it looks yeah, like. He's got a no trade, so it's up to him, yeah. Yeah, yeah, but he wants to go to the West Coast. Uh, so that that's pretty much what happened. And, hey, what about the Phillies making the trade that wasn't yesterday? <laughs> yeah, for uh, the guy from the Pirates, Tyler Anderson, is that his name? And yeah. one of the Phillies prospects apparently had an, uh, a health issue or an injury issue. And so Pittsburgh said, eh, no. And then they went and dealt into the Mariners in the meantime. So yeah. Philly's still looking for help. Why, why you were sleeping? <laughs> he got traded twice in the same day. How about yeah. that? Well, yeah. Well, by the, the way, by the way speaking yeah. of the Phillies and Pirates, my buddy Denny and I will be out in Pittsburgh this weekend. On Saturday, we will be at PNC Park. So uh, look for us somewhere behind home plate, but way up high. Maybe we'll get a foul ball. Who knows? Well, I tell you what, you'd be better off going up the Reading or Lehigh Valley because by Sunday, uh, the Pittsburgh Pirates <laughs> will have dumped off the few players they do have. They're already doing it. Uh, they're going to be playing AAA or AA baseball this weekend. I feel sorry for Pirates fans because they just never seem to be able to keep any quality guys. They, they get an all-star second baseman. Oh, he's going to ask for more money. Let's trade him away. So anytime they start having guys getting good, they trade them away for you know even younger guys. And uh, it's just a shame because they're never going to compete in this. It, it, it is. And, you know, a few years ago I was working out there. Well, it's been some years ago now, 10 maybe, 12. Um, and we would go to the ballpark. It's a beautiful ballpark. And there was like three or 4,000 people there. Well, then along came this kid named McCutcheon yeah. and kind of kind of put them on the map again. They started playing good ball. They started selling tickets, um, you know, and then they dismantled the thing again. It, it was crazy. They had a section behind third base that for $21, Roberto Clemente's 21. This was back, like I said, 10 or 12 years ago. Roberto Clemente's number 21. You got... For $21, a seat behind third base, a number 21 Pirates T-shirt, and a hot dog and a soda for $21. Wow. Yeah, that was the one section that would get people in. 
That's a pretty good deal. And speaking of Kutch, boy, he has been good lately. I mean, since the beginning of June, he's been an RBI machine. He's hitting home runs. Still losing the rock, paper, scissors thing much of the time, but uh, he's he's like rejuvenated. Yeah, and, and how about how about moving from the leadoff spot to the cleanup spot? And and he's driving the ball, like you say, and uh, you know he's driving the ball for home runs, driving the ball in the alleys. Uh, he he really is swinging a pretty good bat. He, his average isn't jumping up all that much, but uh, he has definitely produced a lot of runs for him, and it's worked out well because Harper is not driving in a ton of runs. He's starting to hit a few more home runs, but uh, his average is creeping up towards 300. Yeah, I think it was up to 292 before his final at bat last night, so right around 290, which is pretty good, but people want to see him hit, you know, 40 homers and drive in 100 and some runs. He's only got like, what, 35, 36 RBI, which is kind of disappointing, but uh, still a long way to go, and he has been hitting better. Still, his home runs, even the solo shot, I guess, uh, the, the inside the park, right? I mean, it was a solo shot, like right. all but one of his home runs this year. So you would love to see him hit a couple of two or three run jacks, but oh well. Yeah, but you know, if you're surrounding him with, with Hoskins and, and uh, McCutcheon and they're hitting home runs and driving the ball, hey, I'll take a 300, 290 hitter in the middle of the lineup that can hit the ball out of the park some. I'm all right yeah. with that. You yeah, know, both Hoskins and McCutcheon have hit, hitting home runs, which is good. Right, right. They're, uh, but, you know, I think it still comes down to Chet. What are you going to do? Or, or, let's just assume for now that they're settled in on Ranger Suarez as the closer. I think that's today's today's guess. Uh, they still only have three starters. They've got to improve somewhere in the starting rotation, and they've got to improve the bullpen still, even though some nights they're starting to look like they're a little bit better. Well, I'll tell you, I'm a little more concerned – uh, about the starting rotation right now than I am about the bullpen. One of our uh, viewers tonight said that, John, uh, he said that's more of a priority right now, the starting rotation, because Eflin is still hurt. He had a little setback with the knee issue. Nola's been inconsistent. He was great Sunday, but he's been very inconsistent all year. Vince Velasquez is the poster boy for inconsistency, and Matt Moore just doesn't belong in the big league. So, yeah, they definitely need another starter, even if it's a, a guy like Tyler Anderson that the trade fell through. they got to get somebody to shore up that rotation. Yeah, and, uh, you know, what about our boy Spencer Howard? He, he just hasn't gotten it done either. And, you know, three good innings the other night, he gets a couple outs, and then all of a sudden he's got a blister and gives up four runs. What in the world? Two or three innings, Spencer. That's my man. That's why he should be a reliever. Maybe he'd be a great setup, man. Bill, I'm telling you, I know you don't buy it, but he's great for two innings, sometimes even three. Uh, I would go with him as the setup man and try to find some other legitimate starters who can actually pitch five or six innings. You know, I was listening the other night, and I thought this was interesting because uh, I, I never really knew this. You know, I know they talk about having to have pitchers, starting pitchers get stretched out. You know, they got to be able to throw longer innings and more pitches and so forth. But they were talking about if they made a move, which they were really talking about Suarez and making him a starter, that it would be at least mid-August before he would be able to go out and be a starter and throw starter quality innings. Uh, that's weeks. That's weeks of throwing to build that arm strength up, I guess, to throw 60, 75 pitches, I guess. Yeah, I guess it takes a while. And by the way, whatever happened to the Cole Hamels uh, discussions? Is is anybody taking him? Are the Phillies interested? Who knows? Yeah, it went cold. I I'm going to guess it's not. You know, unless yeah. there's 
unless there's some contractual deal, you know, that if you sign it before so-and-so date or after so-and-so date. But, uh, heck, I would put the Hamels out there if you had to throw right-handed. At least he's a, he's a gamer. You know what you're going to get from him. And, uh, you know, I would sign him. Just because they have nobody else. Why not sign him? Yeah, at this point, especially with Eflin, you know, having the setback uh, and, and more proving that he just doesn't belong, I would sign him. How, how bad can he be? Yeah, yeah. Hey, speaking of gamers, I got to jump over here, Chip, because this is today's news. What do you think about the Olympic situation and Simone Biles, speaking of not being a gamer? I have no real opinion because I didn't study all the details. I don't know exactly why she backed out of the team competition. I know it's some kind of a mental thing, not a mental illness, but just uh, you know something in her head where she just couldn't do it. But as far as I know, she's still competing in the individual stuff. Is that true? I don't even know. Nope. Nope. She's out. She's out of that too. Yep. She dropped out of that uh, this morning or last night. Uh, okay. Yeah, uh, I, it's it's troubling to me. It really is. Uh, you know, there you compete to me. To me, to put it in layman's terms, like for people like us, it's to to me. It's like going through nursing school, like I watched my wife do, and study, 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 and you get ready for your final exam, which is your your nursing boards, and then you say, "Can't do it." That's it, we're just that's sports or that's that. And we're talking sports. It's the same thing. You prepare, you prepare, you got to the big show, and you folded. You, you, she quit. I, I don't – it's not mental. It, mental was she wasn't strong enough to finish the course or finish the, the project. Which is bizarre because she's been there before at both the Olympics and other, you know, world competitions. So what has changed all of a sudden? Well, I, I mean, I think that she really – has been put um, so much, a lot of pressure has been put on her when, when everybody wants to talk about that you're the greatest of all time, you know, you, then the expectation is you've got to be the greatest of all time. I, I appreciate that. I certainly understand that pressure, but that's what you signed up for. You know, that's, that's why she is what she is. Hey, uh, we got to squeeze in a little flyers talk, Bill, because they gave up the ghost Shane Goss bear. Uh, plus Robert Haig, several draft picks, and, of course, Jake Voracek getting traded out of town. They brought in a trio of defensemen, Ryan Ellis, Rasmus Ristolainen, and Keith Yandel, Yandel most recently, plus forward Cam Atkinson. I think they were signing somebody else today. A lot of moves and a lot of it designed to shore up the defense. Your thoughts? Oh, absolutely. I mean, they, they, had, to, they had to make moves. I think that the crazy thing to me is the Gostas Bear – move uh, uh strictly a cap move they didn't even get a bucket of pucks uh yeah, they, they gave away him and graphics just to get rid of them right just to free up money to make other moves which i mean throwing a draft pick give us something back we didn't even get a bucket of pucks you know uh yeah. kind of crazy kind of crazy to me but overall i think they they toughened themselves up a little bit which they needed to i think there's still another move or two that's going to be made here uh, this week. Um, but, you know, I think the Voracek thing, you got rid of your, well, three of them tied for leading scorer, Voracek, Daru, and Van Riemsdyk. You got rid of one of your scorers, you better be replacing them. Yeah, they, so didn't those, have that, they didn't have that many. 
supposedly Cam Atkinson, uh, you know, isn't afraid to shoot the puck and, you know, hopefully he'll help. But uh, shoring up the defense was a priority, so that's good. And, of course, we've talked before that the real priority is to get the head right of Carter Hart and make sure he's okay to go because you got to have the guy in goal that you're going to count on for the next 10 years, hopefully, right in the head. Yeah, yeah. well, and Brian Elliott is gone also. So that's, that's someplace else they've got to fill a hole. And I think they did sign somebody yesterday. They did. They signed somebody, yeah. I didn't even yeah. know about Brian. Brian Elliott's definitely gone, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's why all that. the goalie talk, because they've been talking about Holtby, you know. Um, but they weren't going to get him to back up hard. Holtby, if he's going to sign, he's going to want to play. Um, but I think Hart's going to be better if the defense is a little better. That defense was just so bad. Uh, you know, it didn't matter who was in the pipes. And, you know, Bill, tomorrow night is the NBA draft. We haven't even talked at all about that, and I haven't even, like, followed that at all. I don't know what the Sixers have available. I just know Ben Simmons is still a Sixer, and there's going to be a lot of focus on that situation as draft night approaches tomorrow night. You know, is he going to be traded on draft night? Or if not, is he going to still be a Sixer come September, October? Yes, he is. You think so, huh? Much to your dismay. Yes, he is. (laughs) He's got to go, though. They cannot bring him back with his name being floated out there so often as, you know, trade bait. And they are clearly trying to get rid of him. I just don't see how they can bring him back. Well, I think they they might be trying to get rid of him, but you've got to get something for him. Sure. They're not just going to let him walk away. And he is a NBA defensive player, first team, several times. He's got He's got other things. And, you know, Maybe he needs to go to camp with some mobiles and figure out what the mental issues are that are preventing him from doing his job. Yeah. So uh, NBA draft tomorrow night. I'll be watching. I'm sure you will too, Bill. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I'll be right here in Chicago. <laughs> oh, shoot. Hey, Chet, uh, taking a week off from random chat time. Uh, what, I'm sure you'll be back strong next week. Hey, don't make any promises, Bill. We don't know for sure. Uh, we'll see. I'll try to cook something up for you. Uh, I have a lot of things that go through my mind. And I'm going to start writing them down and bring random <laughs> chat back just for you next week. Um, uh, hopefully, we'll have Bill Bradley next week, too. Yeah, and, and I was going to say to you, uh, we great guest tonight with Leslie. Uh, Bill Super Bill will be back uh, next week. Who else you got coming? To celebrate our 350th show, by the way, next week. That's a is milestone, that, my is friend. Is that a milestone? Is 350 a milestone, or does it have to be an even 300 or 400? I, 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 think, semi, every, semi. I, I think every 25 is worth mentioning. Okay. Number 350, Bill. Hopefully, we will have Bill Bradley either live or pre-recorded. We are going to make it happen. I got to tell you, Super Bill was really disappointed that we couldn't figure this technically out tonight. And the funny thing is, we tested it on Monday night, Bill and I, because he knows he's not, you know, technically proficient so we tested it and it worked fine we did a just five minute chit chat monday and everything worked great today we tried a couple different ways didn't work so hopefully next week bill bradley for sure also bill um we're gonna have another guest who i'm excited about uh he happens to be a first time visitor to our show he is the producer of the marks and reese afternoon show on wip and he is also the co-host of the High Hopes podcast on uh, the WIP podcast area. 
with our pal and his pal, James Seltzer. His name is Jack Fritz. So we're going to talk Phillies and Eagles with Jack, who, by the way, was a very good high school and college pitcher. I believe he went to Bloomsburg. So we're going to talk to Jack about that, as well as about all things Phillies. And we may even put him in the Fast Five hot seat as well. Ooh, all right. Sounds good. Looking forward to that. Hey, one other thing I wanted to get to before we wrap this thing up. You you know, you're talking about the NBA draft and not much going on with that. Eagles camp starting this week, and there hasn't been that whole crazy buzz like there always is of a new season. It's been pretty quiet overall in Philly. Yeah, well, that's because they're not really a contender. I mean, last year it didn't work out so well, but there was there was thought last year that they might actually, you know, contend at least for the NFC least division title. Uh, and they were in contention even with four wins in December, but you know, we know how that worked. Now they changed coaches. Nobody's really excited about Jalen Hurts, the great majority of people anyway. So that's why I think there's not the buzz. And Nick Sirianni, as much as he's a question mark, I don't think he's getting the people excited. So I think people are a little bit more cautious this time around. Um, the over under six and a half, and I'll tell you what, I'm feeling over right now, Bill. I don't know why. I'm just feeling a little more optimistic that they can win seven, eight, or even nine wins. I, I think you you might want to wash your mouth out because Joey Sharon and Freddie Burns are not going to go for we're not contenders. They're just not going to buy it. Hmm. I mean, I hope they contend. I certainly hope they contend, but certainly no guarantees with the, the, the roster changes and the new head coach. Oh, Joey's listening. Joey just said they are a contender for sure in the East. Okay. Well, so, hey, if, if Joey said it, it must be true. There you go. You better watch your back between the uh, the big <laughs> the big three over there at Edge of Philly Sports. They'll be looking for you, pal. Yeah, they got a big show tonight. Uh, yes. Hey, yes. do you have a parting shot tonight, by the way? No, I don't. I'm waiting on you. Well, I happen to have one, and it's not really a parting shot. It's more accolades, Bill. I wanted to take a minute to mention the great job that Vince and his crew at Philly Sports Trips uh, did and do. Uh, we had the trip up to Yankee Stadium last Wednesday, which was preceded by an awesome tailgate in the Jet Row parking lot in Philly, where we actually, Bill, you may have seen this, we actually did a little Edge of Philly Sports show. So Joey Sheeran, speak of the devil, along with Big Al, Freddie Burns, uh, Joe Marks, and myself. Joe Marks not pictured because I uh, hopped in his seat for a, a long time. Two busloads of Phillies fans, a handful of Yankees fans mixed in. Terrific food and lots of booze at the tailgate. Uh, a DJ, just a perfect day and night despite a little afternoon rain. Uh, other than the outcome of the game, of course, the Phillies losing in 10 innings up at Yankee Stadium. Um, Philly Sports Trips has trips to all Eagles Roads games this year, plus a home tailgate or two. They really do an awesome job, so check them out, phillysportstrips.com. Very cool. Good deal. All right. Anything else before we put a wrap on this? Oh, thing? you know I got a couple other things, Bill. Um, first, first of all, I love the band ZZ Top, and so I wanted to say wow. rest in peace to Dusty Hill, 72-year-old bass player. He's been in ZZ Top for their 50-plus years in existence. He's been ill a bit lately, died in his sleep overnight at the age of 72. One of the two bearded guys in ZZ Top, of course, the drummer named Frank Beard, does not have a beard. That's just the way it is. But rest in peace, Dusty. And the other thing, Bill, 
I'm surprised you didn't mention this because you know how much it was on my mind in the last couple of days. This past Monday, Bill, was a very, very important day. Birthdays for two non-American legends. A couple of my favorite Brits, Kate Beckinsale and Mick Jagger. That is Kate on the left, in case you were wondering. Well, I'm looking at my, I'm looking at my screen, and I see you on the left. So I'm oh, glad well, yeah. that... Uh... <laughs> And by the way, Kate, who you cannot see, but you've seen pictures of recently, the picture that I have up is her just a few weeks ago. That is a beautiful 48-year-old woman that right there. So happy birthday, Kate, and happy 78th to Mick Jagger. Happy birthday, Kate. Let's put a wrap on this thing, Chet. Let's thank tonight's guest, Leslie Goodell, our sponsors, the Irish Rover Station House, Bob Sullivan's is like your age.com, PPCC, 118 Rads Room, and Dave LaVoy of Allstate Insurance, in Westchester. For Jim Chechesko, this is Bill Furman. We hope you enjoyed the show. We'll join Philly Press Box Radio next Wednesday, August 4th at 7 p.m. You can listen live on Facebook or listen to our website, phillypressboxradio.com, on blogtalkradio.com slash phillypressboxradio, on Google Podcasts as well as Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and all the others. I hope Philadelphia sports fans. Ah.